What is up, everybody? It is the No Notes Podcast, episode 23, a.k.a. The, the No Jordan Notes episode. Podcast. Oh, freak. Did I say No Notes? Yeah, oh, you said, definitely you did. No oh, no. Oh, Just kidding. This is Damn, I'm a so Wednesday sorry. podcast. <laughs> yeah, apologies to me. I'm not going to. Episode 23, MJ episode. Um, sorry, it's still ingrained, you know, for over a year and a half. Let me, yeah, and what, how many, we did like 80-something episodes, so it was almost, a lot. Yeah, almost 100, so yeah. So sorry if uh, I did that to you guys. Uh, it is a win is a win podcast. <laughs> Sam Cookie has joined us, unfortunately, and we do have um, H Double, the man, the myth, the legend, aka oh, Sasquatch. You. We love him. Um, Fair. We are pretty excited today. We're not talking about basketball, but we are talking about MJ's other sport, which is Ooh, what? Okay, okay, that was a that was a kind of a fire transition. Well, no one's answered the question. Let me not let me sport? not pull a Sam here from the episode where we talked about Dame. Uh, he played baseball. Good. Oh, sir. okay, nice okay. Job. I need and you to elaborate. What team this, did he bro. play for? Yeah, what, what team, team did he, he play, play for? for? I'm pretty sure he played for the White Sox. Okay. We have a winner. It is. Come on, I know Gross. enough about MJ to know that. You know, I gotta at least know what team he played for. The, yeah, the highlights of him playing on the White Sox are pretty legendary too. I think. So it's still such a confusing incident about him going to play baseball. It just doesn't even know, seem like it actually happened. But it's pretty awesome though. I love the drama. <laughs> you I love do? the drama, bro. Him and Bo Jackson, I think, are the two best dual sport athletes. Oh, Bo Jackson, hundred percent, hands down, number one, mm-hmm. hands down. That's fair. But anyways, so we're gonna be talking about the MOB. We're gonna talk about the home run derby that just happened, and then we'll talk about second half MLB. Um, kind of our predictions slash what we're looking forward to. And then for the third segment, it is the return of Matty B's bets. So I'm pretty excited for that. I think it'll be pretty awesome. Um, we do have results from our MLB fantasy draft, and uh, there were no surprises. The winner was Sam, but that does help when you get like, you know, five of the best teams out of 10 picks. And then Charles was the opposite. He had four out of ten worst teams, and uh, he was the loser. So, Charles will have a punishment mm-hmm. coming up. Sam and I have till the next episode to decide it. So, spare me. So we will we will make sure it's a good one, you know, but not too much because you know this was more random, you know. So that's true. That is, I, I made like the easiest punishment. I suggested it to Matt, and he, Matt was like, "That's too harsh." I forget well, yeah. what exactly I suggested. But. You said this was his. This was his. Oh no! Yeah, I said words. I said no point clash of claims for a week, and you're like, oh, that's yeah. a little too much. Exactly. I would I just know. like to give a quick shout out to everyone who did vote, and that I got zero best team votes. I think that's pretty well deserved. But <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny because on Matt's poll, you and Sam each got a vote, and then you each got a vote for worst team. So I actually didn't even get a single yeah. vote. So I was technically not the worst on Matt's poll. I was like, I guess second, tied for second. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, because technically Sam and I had both the best team and the worst team, which is kind of funny. So for some reason, yeah, I thought that was pretty weird when you posted about that too. I deserve yeah. it. I I I didn't expect to win. So especially after getting the Rockies. The Royals, the, the Royals, Nationals, the and the Athletics. So, yeah. you know, don't don't you worry though, Charles. We got a spicy punishment coming up for you in the next. Look! Look how your punishment has turned out. Look how happy you are now. I see you at <laughs> work not, on yeah. on some. So I see it's a break from your work. It, it did actually. Yeah, your plan so. did work. I mean, you guys did want me to get back on Clash of Clans. I haven't put it back down yet. You got to spare me a little. Oh, we gave you more of a punishment. Sam- and just to let you know, Sam did win his Clash of Clans War League attack. He got three stars, so you know I Sam did. was putting in the work. Yeah. Well, I don't give you too much credit though. I attacked the the worst pace on that. <laughs> <laughs> I still got three stars though. So 
Yeah, you did. And that's all that matters. Yeah. Hey, a win's a win, you know? That's right. That's exactly what I was going to say. But if does anyone have any other comments before we move on to the home run derby? Um, I'll just say that we'll have a spicy punishment coming down the pipeline for Charles. Uh, we expect to make a decision on the next episode. Hopefully I can spoil it. We want to try to have a movie Monday next episode, and we will have a grand reveal for that. And Charles is pretty anxious for that day. Well, real quick, when you say spicy punishment, is that literal or you just no, no, I, yeah, I just want to have some like good play on words. Okay. Oh yeah, don't worry, Charles. We'll come up with something. Wink, wink. Are you are you suggesting something? Maybe. Maybe, a, maybe like a like a one chip challenge or. Oh my god, that <laughs> is harsh. That would that be pretty harsh. bad. Yeah, that, that is kind of, that is kind of harsh for um, like I said, the MLB draft was not Charles's fault. So right, yeah, that and compared to my punishment being playing a video game for a week. Yeah, that's, that's so, why I that's think so I bad. Come up with something that's like in between, you know, something in between. Right. So right, yeah, we will we'll think on ideas like that, and we'll let you guys know next episode. But um, but yeah, we'll, no further ado, it looks like we're going to go into the home run derby. And yes, I have talked already too much in this intro. So <laughs> okay, Sam or Charles, give us your thoughts on it and everything and then we can go from there however i did think this one was a pretty dang good uh home run derby anyways i will yeah i'll give my thoughts on it uh it was very fun i thought too um i love the kind of the roster of the players competing like rose arena he's an awesome personality to play there's kind of lesser known guys that are really big power hitters like adolis garcia and Luis robert they did pretty good too Personally, I was really rooting for Adley Rutschman. He did amazing in the first round. Um, he was definitely the most talented, I think, but kind of got blown out of the water, which sucked to see. But it was still a lot of fun. Um, yeah, having it take place in Seattle, too, that was kind of a cool atmosphere to have a home run derby. Um, yeah, it was just fun to watch. It's kind of sad that Arosa Reina didn't clutch up and win in the finals, but that's okay. I actually was able to watch pretty much the entire thing. And so I feel like I had a good sense of, of what happened. And I just want to say this as like an opening statement. My arms felt tired watching them. And just my whole body general just felt tired watching them. Because I don't think people maybe, you know, necessarily realize how hard it is to swing that many times and that amount of, you know, like was it three minutes to swing that much and be swinging that you know hard to hit home runs it's really tiring so i just want to say i felt tired watching them but i agree with sam i wanted um adley rutschman i thought the switch hit was cool i was really rooting for him and then uh Luis roberts kind of just ended that pretty quick unfortunately that little cinderella but that's just something as well i noticed a lot of and julio rodriguez is the perfect example we got to talk about him a little. 41 home runs, right? Nuts. It was just crazy how he knocked out Pete Alonso round one, crushed him. Yeah. And then you see awesome. round two, the fall off that he had. It, it's crazy how much these guys would fall off from one round to the next, you know? And I would say maybe one that you weren't maybe necessarily expecting because of stamina, Vlad, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., to kind of be cons- more consistent than some of the other guys was probably a little surprising. But yeah, it was it was really fun to watch. It's a cool event for sure. And I just I felt tired watching them because I know how hard that is swinging yeah, back that much. Yeah. So yeah, it's those fun. are my initial thoughts. It it definitely uh got tiring a lot for most of the players, and you could see it because I watched it happen on live TV too. And Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, who did end up winning the derby, he he actually, like, I'm pretty sure he stopped a few different times during, like, yeah. his batting and had to, like, take a breather. Because, yeah, like, taking 40-plus swings, like, with maximum effort, trying to hit dingers is pretty crazy. So, mm-hmm. pretty cool to watch. I will. I yeah. want to real quick uh, as well, and then you go, Matt. I actually, I know, I know that they're tired, but maybe it's just because it was on TV, but when they're, you know, they don't have as good of a round, 
their swing still looked pretty good to me, even though you could definitely tell the pop in the ball was way less. But like when they were swinging, they still looked good, like good swings to me. It didn't look tired necessarily, mm-hmm. but I know that they were tired. But it, it looked like when I would see him swing, I was like, oh, that's a good swing. And then it'd be a pop up in the outfield, you know. So that's yeah. something I noticed, too, because it's like, oh, it looks like a good swing. And then it's, you know, doesn't even get close to the fence. And I'm like, oh, you know, so you can just tell, obviously, that the the power isn't there. But it didn't look like it, at least. They looked good pretty much every at bat, I'd say. So mm-hmm. that's just something I noticed. I don't know. Yeah, for me, um, I think you could notice it. And I have to talk about this a lot. People got tired. It was a lot of like the lower body was kind of gone. Like you could tell like things weren't firing all at the same time. But overall, those dudes are just like different, man. Like just the amount of swings they take. And I mean, the balls that they're getting right are probably, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30 miles an hour. Like maybe, you know what I'm saying? And so you're having to really put a lot of power into each swing. Whereas whenever you're facing, you know, 90 or 100 mile per hour fastballs, granted harder to hit, but it, once you get just even decent contact, most of the time it's gone, you know, so there, there's that for sure. Um, I thought Julio Rodriguez, his first round was like electric, you know, home crowd, does 41 most in the first round ever. That was cool. I thought Adley Rushman was super fun, like going lefty and then righty, like, that's pretty impressive. But in the right-handed one, I think he went like seven for eight or eight for nine. Like he only missed one. That wasn't a home run, which I was like, that's pretty impressive. And then you have Vladdy, Vladdy who like, you know, I think he beat Mookie in the first round, I think, which wasn't really that hard because Mookie only had like 11 or whatever. But then like he just kept chugging along, getting like 26, 27 each round. And that was enough to, you know, Eventually, he beat a Rosarena, who I thought, you know, great showman, you know, of course, all that kind of good stuff. Um, and it's fun because it's the first time ever that a father and son have both won a home run derby. So that's a pretty cool little, you know, fact and tidbit, you know. Um, I thought that was all really cool and stuff. I enjoyed it. I always love watching the home run derby. It's pretty much the only baseball I watch until, like, you know, October classic pretty much like, or the playoffs, you know, it's pretty much the only baseball I watch mm. just cause there's action like all the time. Uh, granted, I will watch the Dimebacks here and there, but they're not on TV as much over here in Utah, you know, so it's a little harder. Um, but overall it was a good turn. It was a good thing. I know some people are like, man, like maybe the format needs to change or, you know, some, some people's pictures aren't very good. So maybe we should do like a, you know, an a, not an AI, but, you know, like a robot where you pitch the same thing each time to each guy. But honestly, I feel like that's the whole point of the Home Run Derby and everything, too, is, like, not only do you have to be good enough to hit home runs, but then practice and use your, you know, person who's throwing the ball has to be good, too. So I kind of like it the way it is. I do wish sometimes, though, it would be like the NBA three-point contest where instead of, like, you verse someone – it's whoever hits the most in the whole first round moves on. Like to me, I feel like that would be better just because you have guys like Adley Rushman who hit 28, who would have moved on except for, you know, the second best score was, I think a right uh, was um, Louise jr. Or whatever, right. With 29. So to me, there's some like, dang, it wouldn't fun to see Adley again, but other than that, it was really fun. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I texted Martin that as well after uh, I think it was the Adley Rushman round. I thought it, sh- it should be top four move on mm-hmm. personally. I, I think I texted you that too, Sam. I think it should be top four. I'm not sure why it's versus. Mm-hmm. I don't really like that format because I don't think it's yeah. very fair or very. I don't know. You know, it's just I don't, I don't like it. I don't think it necessarily shows the skill may be as much because you can get an opponent like Mookie Betts. And I know Mookie Betts bad second. So Vladdy obviously, you know, tried his best first round, but when you face someone who doesn't do as well, it doesn't necessarily maybe show, you don't have to maybe go as, as much, right. Instead of if it's top, you know, it's only top four, those guys are going to be going 
as much as I can. And obviously then you can base it off eight seed goes first, seven second. And so if you're first, you have the advantage of knowing what you need to get, you know, right as you move down the, the board. And so I agree with you on yeah. that, Matt. A, a point I wanted to make as well is, is Mookie Betts 11 home runs. And he obviously knew he didn't have a chance. That's what he kept saying, but his wife had convinced him to do it so that he said he could do it. And I, I was talking to Am about this and I, I, I could, I, I honestly didn't think Mookie would do good either. And then you look at his stats and you go 26 home runs third in the, in the whole league. And you're like, how's he not that good? And I'm like, he's more of a use the pitch power kind of home run guy. Not when it's <laughs> coming down 30 miles an hour and he's got to send it out. He's more of a, he gets the the bat on the sweet spot and the power of the pitch mm-hmm. helps him get it out of there. And it was watching him perform reminded me of like probably how I would do at like one with a smaller field and in a, an aluminum bat. Like I'd probably get like 11 in three minutes. So, and he didn't take a time on either, which was nuts. He just kept swinging, yeah. which was really <laughs> it was cool. Kinda, but yeah, it was kind of weird. Tell, you could tell after his first few swings, you're like, there's no way because he, oh, yeah. his only, his home runs were only, they were not even that far. And then, he was just he had like four home runs and after one minute you're like uh this isn't looking yeah. good he never, so I, I just want to bring that up as well about Mookie but I'm glad remember, he tried I remember Mookie he never got a home run over 440 feet because you know how they had those like markers for bonus time if he did mm-hmm. that he never did that and then I thought it was pretty weird to watch I thought his stance looked so weird when he was hitting those home runs too it, well, it didn't look anything like how any of the other competitors hit like I it, it's just kind of weird to visualize, you know, because he had like his bat like straight up in the air almost. It didn't look like a like a real like efficient swing or anything like that. So you're probably right, Charles. He's he's definitely more of like a you get the sweet spot on the bat kind of home run hitter. And the the stat that they displayed about uh, all the home runs he's hit in the first half of the season really surprised me too because he's he's not a very he's not a big dude. He's like five nine. I think they said on TV he's like 165, 185. Really not not like built for a, a really big athletic guy. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Good for him for trying something new out, though. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah. I think we also got to touch up a little bit more as well on the Julio 41 home runs round one. Unreal. Ooh, I have some opinions on that, though. Oh, Really? Yeah, like, here's the thing. Like, obviously, Unreal wants to put on a show, right? But you've seen guys barely hit, like, the 20, like, 28, 27, 26 mark. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like he was more putting on a show and stuff. But I feel like if he wanted to maybe more win, he might have, like, he should have stopped maybe at, like, 31... 33 range you know what i'm saying like a, granted you have pete alonzo behind you and stuff but like i don't know if he hits more than like 35 home like you know 33 34 home runs you just tip your cap and say hey great job you know whatever so i feel like he almost basically wanted to get the record instead of win sometimes because it looked like in that round against i think it was Vladdy where he was in the next round he looked just like so gassed like after like the first minute, you could tell like he was just like gassed and like done. But that's my opinion. It's probably wrong, but that was my opinion. But I did think it was amazing, like just the effort. I think he what was it? He had like forty nine pitches and forty one of them were home runs or something like that. It was something ridiculous. I was like, what the heck? Yeah, it's. I think you're. I think that's somewhat valid. I think I think the record was probably in his mind a little bit. But I think it's also just that home crowd. And it's like, if you just got to keep going, you know, and just ride because he was on fire. And oh, like 100%. I said, it was just effortless. I mean, just home run after home run after home run. It didn't seem real. But yeah, I think, I think you've got a little bit of a point there in terms of maybe going for the record instead of being more strategic about it. Of course, you never know what your opponent's going to do. So it's always like if he were to like stop early. That might be a little bit of question, you know, like, oh, why is he stopping early instead of just letting it letting it play out? But I I don't think that's necessarily I think he still wanted to obviously win, but I don't think he maybe realized how much that first round would take out of him because he was a yeah. totally different hitter in the second yeah. round. And I, I think another thing 
too. And obviously it contributed to his 41 home runs. He didn't take a single pitch. He swung at everything too. And so that's also going to add up. He was swinging at everything. And so I will admit the pitcher he had was, was pretty nice. He was giving him nice, consistent pitches. I think we got to give him credit too, because that's very important for these hitters to be successful. But yeah, like I said, that, that first round, I mean, it, it was a dream, but like it, 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 it crashed pretty quick because of how he performed in the, the semifinals. And mm-hmm. I'm sure I wanted him to win after that performance, after I knew Adley was gone too. Mm-hmm. And I was really disappointed. I'll say that it, it was disappointing to see how he went out because it was not a good showing in the yeah, semis. Me too. No thoughts, Sam? Yeah. Oh. Oh, no thoughts. Head is empty right I think, now. I think Sam agrees, which is fine. No, you I know, would like... definitely, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I agree with you too, Charles, and what you're saying about how it shouldn't be head-to-head matchups between each other. It should just be a board of eight people, elimination style, the top four make it, and then the bottom four don't get in because that is kind of BS. If you face a guy like Mookie Betts and he only hits home runs, then that's an easy second round move. But if you're uh, Adley Rutschman, you know, and you play against a jacked Luis Robert, you're kind of screwed, you know? I mean, Adley, he, I'm pretty sure he hit like 20, 25, 26, 27, 27 home runs. Yeah, I feel like if you hit 27 home runs, that should be good enough at least to make the second round. Well, so, it would have been if you take the top four, because the top four in that round would have been Julio um, Roberts, right, from Chicago. Yeah. Ali yeah. Rushman, and then Rose Reina was last with 26. Yep. Right, top as in last as That's in about right. four. Yeah, like the top six, four. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. then the next was 20, um, 25 for the – uh, was it the Guardians guy? The one who is Rosarena's friend. And then... Adolis um, Garcia. Adolis Garcia, thank you. Sorry, I forgot his name. Adolis Garcia. Pete Alonso had, I think it was 22 or 23. Mookie Betts had 11. And then, um, who was the other guy that was in it? Um, who are you... Uh, oh, you're trying to find who else was in it. Yeah, I forget who would have been the bottom four. Pete Alonso? Did you mention no, that? I said Pete Alonso. Alonso already. Mookie was definitely the lowest count. Yeah. I don't know. You might have named them all already. <laughs> or, I, might, yeah, I might have. Yeah. I think you might have. I can't think of any others. Yeah, I might have. Whoops, my bad. So. But, yeah, no. I'm surprised how, how much Pete Alonso kind of choked at that, too. I mean, he did have a lot of pressure going into it, I guess, because he did face Julio and he definitely had the home crowd cheering towards him, but he's usually the home run derby guy. I'm, I'm kind of surprised he just fell off so quickly. I mean, after you see 41, it's, That's true. you're kind of like, but, uh-huh. I mean, But if you do remember in the announcing, they did say that Pete Alonso's original one, who he won in t- back-to-back, couldn't make it because he had something with his arm yeah, that or something. And then his second one, who he was going to go with, uh, ended up – doing something as well, like either got sick or something. So then this is his third person, right? And so if you haven't built up that rapport, it kind of, you know, especially with that many pitches and all that kind of stuff. So I do think there's some of that as well. But when you do see 41 and you're like, for me, even out 41, I've been like, yeah, okay. That's, I'm probably going to be out. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I would say one last thing that we should talk about. Uh, but if you guys have anything else, of course, bring it up. But I want to also talk about the finals between Rosarena and, and Vladdy. Oh, yeah. What any initial thoughts off of that? Obviously, Randy, Sam, you had mentioned Randy choked. I thought it was a good final because it yeah. came down to the like last seconds, you know, like all that kind of stuff. And yeah. honestly, two good personalities. I think a Rosarena is fun. Body is fun, so I don't know. I kind of like both. Like Rosarena was so close, you know, and it it was good that he was the last one to go because he had to try to the very end. Whereas you know, Vladdy said I think it was like twenty five or twenty six, and I think Rosarena got like twenty five, right? So I thought it was a good final. Yeah, no, I thought it was fun too. Randy definitely looked a little gas, especially after hitting like. 50 plus home runs in the earlier rounds but yeah no it was pretty awesome to watch 
I'm happy for Whitey at least. He's this is like his fourth home derby, it feels like he's finally won one. And it's really cool to see too that he's the first father-son duo to win home and derby too. So happy for him. Yeah, that's that's cool. Vlad, uh, Vladimir Guerrero, the father, is in my backyard baseball game. So I've known about yes, his sir. game for a while, to be honest, because I played that game a ton as a kid. But going to the, the finals, yeah, it looked like uh, – I mean, obviously, Vladdy had a pretty solid number, 25. That feels, you know, pretty okay for the home run derby, especially round three. I think that's actually pretty good for the finals. Oh, yeah. And then Rosarena was off to a pretty – tough start before his timeout he only had eight maybe i can't remember exactly seven or eight and already half of the time about half the time had gone so it wasn't looking great plus you knew he wasn't getting that 440 bonus because he hadn't hit any really that close to it and then the second you know you're kind of thinking ah this might be it you know and then he comes out and you can tell they're just going for quality at this point kind of sneaking him over and he gets pretty hot and he gets up to 21 so he gets like 12 or 13 in that last minute and a half or however many it was, 12, 13, 14. And then he's only down four with 30. You're thinking, wow, he actually has a chance. So it got really exciting. And I actually, I thought he might have it because some of his swings and the the balls, the, the launch angle and all that, it looked good. And some of those ones with 30, with his 30 seconds left, but they ended up being short and then obviously ended up losing. But like Matt said, it came down to the, those last pitches. So it was, it was a fun finish. Yeah. I, I really wanted I wanted Randy to win because he was a, a former Cardinal. And then Sam texted me that he choked, and then I proceeded to say, well, it's because of that Cardinal blood in him. So ESPN, I wasn't shocked. ESPN made it a point, too, to show up that uh, him and Adolis were both in the Cardinals minor league system. Ooh. Right away. So Ooh. We, we were barely even in the All-Star weekend, and we took two L's in one night. And speaking of Cardinals and their L's, this is a great way to talk about our second half MLB season predictions. And I think we start off with the Cardinals. Are they going to be the cellar dweller of the NL Central? Or are they going to, I don't know, maybe make a run? Well, The floor is yours, Sam. Mo definitely made it clear. Uh, I believe it was on like a Cardinals Insider podcast interview. Uh they were talking with him about it. Uh, if you guys don't know, Mo is the uh, owner of the Cardinals. He's the president. And he basically makes all the big boy decisions for the Cardinals. And, yeah, we've sucked all season. There's no turning back now. We're absolutely done. Um, I think he made a good point that the Cardinals just need to be sellers uh, during the trade deadline. We just need to clean the slate for this whole season and try to pick it up try to pick it back up next season um i'm a little scared as a dire Cardinals fan to see who like which players he's going to trade away because there's a lot of really likable players in this team um now granted a lot of them aren't doing very well this season i would be perfectly fine if they just blew up the entire bullpen made wayno retire keep jordan montgomery but you can throw everyone else away but I, I really I really hope he doesn't do too much of a shakeup towards the position players. Like I would be crushed if he trades to like Goldie or Arenado away or even like Tyra O'Neill. I love Tyra O'Neill. He's not that great, but I, I want to keep him on our team. So I'm very nervous to see how we uh we do in these next upcoming weeks. Our season's definitely done. We're not making the playoffs. We're probably gonna stay bottom bottom four, bottom three in the National League, in the MLB even. But, uh, yeah, hopefully Moe's got some good uh, tricks up his sleeves to save us for next season. And, yeah, uh, they like to joke that I, I've just jumped the bandwagon at this point. But, I don't know. It's I just, just hard being sad. I got to bring you something up while we're on the Cardinals. So, you don't want them to trade Arenado or Goldie, right? Mm-hmm. But how do you necessarily expect them to reload if what you want them to trade away maybe isn't you know are you going to get a lot you think for the bullpen yeah your bullpen's been I, bad. like who up yeah like who like here, here's my thing for the Cardinals you know they're saying hey we're sellers who would you sell because some of the players that you have I would not want dog water like, just being honest you know what I'm saying like right. complete dog water I, I get what you're saying um, 
One player that does to me the only people that have value are Arenado and Goldschmidt. Those are the only oh, people definitely. so far that have a value. So like it's like okay, and they have good value to yeah yeah that yeah. too. So yeah, that's yeah. that's that's kind of what scares me because of like the chance of trading one of those two players away. You probably get so much for them, but I I mean as a fan standpoint, I would hate to see Goldie in like a Diamondbacks jersey. That would look pretty gross. I think. <laughs> he already but, had a back jersey. Yeah, I know, bro. I know. I'm just, I'm just working around. But uh, I would love if you got Goldschmidt, but we have Christian Walker, so we don't really need that. Him is anymore. true. You guys have Christian Walker. Um, mm-hmm. But one player that does actually come to mind that I would be perfectly happy with trading with, and the Cardinals aren't kind of, they don't have very good ties with them either. Um, he, we probably wouldn't be able to get a lot of value from him, but uh, Paul DeYoung. He is our shortstop. He's he's still pretty young. I think he's like 25, 26 years old. He's very smart. Uh, he's an okay hitter. He's an okay defenseman. Uh, I, it would just be a lot better if he moves to a different team. We really don't need him. Uh, like we have Tommy Edmond. We could probably, I could probably see the team ending up trading Tommy Edmond too, just for how like versatile of a player he is. But um I would love to see Dion go. I mean, it would suck to see Edmund go, but I could see it. Lars Newtbar, I mean, he's an awesome personality, but he might have to go too. Uh, Brendan Donovan, he's an amazing five-tool player, but we might have to get rid of him too. Um, really, it anything anything it takes to make us actually decent next season, just please don't trade Nolan Arenado away. He is the man. Just don't trade that guy. Yeah, hey, real quick, just shout out to ESPN because they they gave grades for all thirty teams after the first half, and the Cardinals got a big fat F. <laughs> yeah, and and in the description or whatever, the first thing is like, "What the heck happened? <laughs> what happened?" <laughs> I, I mean, the, obviously the bullpen's a disaster, what but happened? you look Cardinals. at this, you look at the roster still, and I'm like, "How are they this bad?" Like they've got a, they've yeah. got talent. No clue. You blame it all on Contreras, which I don't know. That's obviously important because if the bullpen sucks, you're not going to win much. But and you right. blame him for a lot of the that's still true the calls yeah. that he makes, the, the pitch calls. But the Contreras move has definitely not turned out the way it's we've wanted it to be. It might have been an inside job even because Contreras used to be a Cub, and he probably <laughs> hates us. So that's funny. He, he's probably happy that we're doing so bad. Mm. All right, Matt, D-backs now? Let's go to you. Let's just say we're on the opposite end of the spectrum when it came to the ESPN thing. We got a big fat A, so I was pretty hard about that. We kind of limped into the All-Star break, which I was a little pissed about. Our bullpen keeps like giving away games, so I think that's something that we're going to address. And then if we can just get one more quality starting pitcher outside of Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen, I feel like we are legit like World Series contenders, I would say. Um, I'm pretty happy. I mean, we're tied for first with the Dodgers. So if you would say, hey, if you would have told me before the season started, hey, at the All-Star break, you'll be tied with the Dodgers, would you take it? I'd say absolutely yes. Don't even care if that means that we were as bad as the NL Central or AL Central and it's like, you know, just barely above 500. I'd be like, yeah, I don't care. You know, it's super good. Um, but it's looking like we might at least, if we don't win the division, that's okay. We'll at least hopefully be a wild card team. So I'm pretty happy about that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really, I think we're going to be more buyers than sellers at the deadline. And the thing is, our farm system, I believe, is ranked like number, I think, six or number five. I know it dropped down from like, I think we're like number two because of Corbin Carroll. But then when he got put in the majors, it dropped down a little bit, you know. Um, But we still have good pieces and stuff. So, I mean, I know there's been a name floating around like Marcus Stroman because he's like, I think one year left in his deal has been kind of floating around. Like, I think he's too expensive. But if for some reason and somehow we got Marcus Stroman, like thinking about that, Marcus Stroman, Zach Gallon, and Merrill Kelly, like I'd be way okay with that as like a big three rotation, you know? That would be okay. Pretty good. Okay. 
Definitely the so, team right now in the National League, too, is the Braves. So, oh, 100%. I think the Braves, yeah. I mean, they're they're so, so good, dude. Yeah, whatever. I mean, just whatever you have to do to beat the Braves at this point. Like, they're they're pretty far and away. They're becoming the best team in the league. And it's kind of crazy to see, especially with all, like, the young talent that they have. They have, like, signed it to, like, at least 2026, too. They have a dynasty in the making. Well, they really before, do. Before, because that's a good transition into other predictions and maybe some Maddie bets. What if Ooh, the, the Diamondbacks got something like a Nolan Arenado to to really beef up? No, uh-uh. I mean, no you way. do. I'm just saying that is, because <laughs> you're, you're base trying to rile me up. Well, third base is a need for the Diamondbacks, like for sure. If for some reason, I think he's too expensive as well. Yeah, but let's just good. say, let's just say we got Nolan Arenado. I would, I mean, if we could keep the whole core pretty much, you know, and you have, you know, we could have Perdomo, Cattell Marte, Christian Walker, Nor- Nolan Arenado, and then we have, I think it's uh, Carson Kelly or Gerald Moreno as a catcher. That's a pretty stacked infield. And then you keep your outfield of uh, Guerrero Jr., uh, Jake McCarthy or Alec Thomas, and then Corbin Carroll, like, that's a pretty good lineup. Like it, it, it's hard to get out. You know what I'm saying? And Arnauto would definitely add that punch to help Christian Walker out with that kind of stuff. So that would be very interesting. I, I think if that happens, Sam might quit the podcast. I might have to. Yeah, he almost exploded that when I said that. Bad. That would be pretty bad. At least, I mean, I guess we could take this punishment for how well last season treated us with pools and. Wayno and Yachty all coming back together and riding into the sunset. I think the first red flag, the glaring red flag before the season even started was Wayno saying that he wanted to come back for his grandpa season and actually just stink up the whole place. And Rookie real quick, team. don't get ahead of yourself. You said right off, to the, right off into the sunset, but they literally choked against the Phillies in the wild card. And the Phillies stole their their – postseason or their magic i guess and ran all the way to the world series I guess that should have been should have been you guys it it, it it really should have been us that'd be amazing to see if it was us but the phillies turned out to be world series contenders so i mean yeah i wasn't too mad at the time they're a really good team well world series contenders you know another transition i mean and you know i would say stuff like division leaders are pretty Oh. pretty big World wow. Series contenders. That was a reach. Wow. That, was, that, was, that a reach. was a good one. No, shut up, Sam. You're not even. I, those are, those are, you're just mad. You're just mad. Those are, you know, when you, when you win the division, you're a pretty big World Series contender, I would say. Or, so, oh, and I know we got someone over here who's done some research on some bets on who's going to win divisions and whatever else he wants to get into involving the second mm-hmm. half of the season. Maddie B. Betts, oh. take it away. What do you like? Matty B bets is back, and I'm going to tell you some really good opportunities. So this is all off of FanDuel. So for those of you who can place bets, I'm using the FanDuel odds, so it could be different depending on what you use. Uh, to me, it seems like FanDuel is the best one, so that's why I use them. Anyways, they're also we are not sponsored by FanDuel, but it would be cool. Anyways, <laughs> um, off of that. Um, the AL Central is really interesting because I think the Twins are above the Guardians by I think it's a game and a half or two games, something like that. But right now, the current odds for the Twins is minus 185, which you're like, oh, okay. But the Cleveland Guardians is plus 145. So that could be a little bit of a bet to go in on. Like, nope, I want to go with the Guardians, right? I think that one's a coin flip, you know, and I do think the Guardians do have a better team than the Twins. They just have to get their crap together, you know. Um, Tampa Bay is at minus two fifty for AL East. I think that's pretty much locked up. Uh, interesting one is the Rangers are at minus one ten. Houston is at plus one hundred. That one I think could go either way. If you just want a little bit of a betting, I'd say do that. Now the NL Central, you have plus one hundred for Milwaukee, plus one twenty five for Cincinnati Reds. So basically. If you put a bet on any of the NL Central teams to win the division, you will make money. So that's a that's a pretty good little division to bet on. So that's pretty fun, pretty exciting. Um, 
me personally, I'd pick the Reds just because I don't trust the Brewers. So the Reds I would pick. Um, so that's not bad. Atlanta Braves are at minus, uh, is that 20,000? That is 20,000 to win the division. So unless you want to make a hundred bucks, basically bet 200, bet 20,000 on Atlanta. Um, the NOS though, I think this is a good, this is the best value. I think this is the best value. The Dodgers are at minus 340 to win the division. However, the team who has led the most in the NOS this year, the Diamondbacks, are at plus 460 to win the division. Ooh, so that's that's pretty if good. You do, if you do believe in the D-backs, which I think I think I do. I mean, granted, I'm a fan, but their team is pretty dang good. Plus 460. That is not that's not a bad one to take a flyer on. So mm. if 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 I could bet, which I'm uh in Utah, you can't. Um um, I think in Texas you, you can bet, but not on FanDuel. I wish you could. But if I could, I would take that Diamondbacks one because it's plus 460 for them to win the division, and they are already, you know, right there. That's, so, that's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I was Definitely. looking through that, and I was like, dang, that might be – that might be it. The disrespect. And it's probably good right now before if they do make a, a, a buy trade – and they become exactly the odds go down because then they've got someone that could really help exactly them. like let's say they did get up for some reason a Marcus Stroman right might push them to maybe plus two hundred or plus one hundred you know what I'm saying so very interesting now when it comes to the league winners AKA um, what's it called like you know NL championship AL championship right now the Braves are are the Rays for the AL are at plus 210, Houston at plus 440, same with the Rangers. I like any of those teams. If it, It's hard to get a bet against Houston, especially in the playoffs. So I'd probably put money on them, if I'm going to be honest. I'd put money on the, on the Astros to win the American League. You get plus 440. That's pretty nice. Now the NL... It's a two-horse race between the Braves and the Dodgers. You still make money if the Braves win, plus 145. Dodgers is plus 210. But then you have some other teams that are kind of nice. The Diamondbacks and Phillies are at plus 1,200 to win. So that could be a little interesting. And the Giants and Marlins are at plus 1,400 and plus 2,000, respectively. If I was a betting man in the National League, I would have to put money on the Braves, unfortunately. But then American League, I would do Houston Astros. Um, and then for the World Series odds, I know this is a lot uh, for people, but World Series, the Braves are the best at plus 360, Tampa at plus 450, Dodgers at plus 480, Rangers at 1,000, Houston at 1,000. Braves at 360 is not bad. And this is as of right now. So I assume as you get closer and closer to the World Series, the number goes down, right, you know? Plus 360 is pretty nice for the Braves. Um, and I think that one is probably your best one. I mean, Tampa at two at 450 could be nice. It's just if you think they're going to, you know, keep it up. So, anyways, those are some fun ones. And then one more. So, like I said, so for World Series, I'd pick Braves. American League, I would do Houston for the value. And then Braves because they're probably Sherlock. Division winner is the most intriguing one. Diamondbacks at plus 460. I think that one is a more of a toss than people think. So I would definitely do that one. And then when it comes to player awards, there was one that I thought was kind of fun. They do popular parlays. So it's like two things in one. You have Ronald Acuna Jr. to win NL MVP and Spencer Strider to win NL Cy Young at plus 410. Acuna is kind of a lock into getting that. So this, the Strider, Central Strider, might be the one you have to bet on, right? But the other one is Corbin Carroll to win NL Rookie of the Year, which is pretty much a guarantee. And then Zach Gallon to an NL Cy Young. And he just heard the All-Star game. And that one's plus 330. So I know that he's been a lot of Diamondback totals, but it seems like people still don't have a lot of faith in them a little bit. So if you really do believe in them, which I do, you potentially could make a decent amount of money just betting the Diamondback lines. But 
the Acuna Jr. one is kind of fun. Uh, the other one that I think um, is kind of interesting that would be um, is the NL Cy Young. And that one, you have uh, Gallon at 250, Strider at 310, Kershaw at 440, and the rest are above 1,000. So I think one of those three guys would definitely win it. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just very, um, it's very interesting. And I guess if you didn't like Corbin Carroll for National League Rookie of the Year, Ellie De La Cruz is at plus 280. And then the, uh, the next player, the third best player is Matt McLean at plus 3,900. So, <laughs> so what's, what's Corbin Carroll's odds for NL Rookie of the Year? Minus 360. I think the De La Cruz one could be intriguing if he keeps the up plus two eighty. If he keeps up this pace, yeah, I think it it could be close. But he has played yeah. way less games, so that's that's a big consideration. Yeah, and I think that's the thing too is like, can he catch up? Especially with Corn Carroll doing what he's doing, it's like eh, it's kind of hard. You know what I'm saying? I think for a value standpoint, though, I think it's definitely one that would make sense. Oh, definitely for value. Like, if you're trying to say, hey, I mean, because, you know, betting is betting, right? Like, you try to make it big. Like, what if Corbin Carroll, for some reason, because he's had some arm stuff, what if for some reason the next couple games he actually does something to his arm and he's out the rest of the season? Then I think Ellie De La Cruz is your new favorite, right? And if you're like, oh, man, I put, you know, a thousand bucks on this thing, you're like, oh, man, I could be winning a lot more than what I thought, right? So, but that's where betting gets you down the rabbit hole and you know, right. people do need to be careful with all that stuff. So we're just doing this for fun. <laughs> if you guys want to bet great, disclaimer. do not take our advice. This is a disclaimer. <laughs> we hope no one gets addicted to gambling, but it is fun to look at the numbers and just oh, think man. like, Oh man, what could happen for this? What could happen for that? So it wait, is, real it quick. Is fun to look at the numbers. I'll say that. Sam, do you want to go ahead and write down Matt's bets again that he his favorites, you know? Oh, what you'll he liked because right we did it. Back. I remember we did it for the the NBA stuff, and so far I, I'm hoping for redemption. But I remember his NBA ones, like the Celtic seat specifically. Matt was yeah. Matt was not on it. He got like all of them wrong for Game Five oh, or something. Matthew. I remember. I did. Oh, yeah. no. So we're hoping for redemption. You want to write down a? We, we can do it off camera. We don't have to do it right now. Oh, okay. We can do it off camera. Yeah, I can. I can do it off camera. Yeah. But, you um, should definitely do it off camera, and we'll see. We'll see how much money we yeah. could have won or could have lost. Say so. yeah, say like Matt had like ten imaginary dollars to bet on those NBA ones. Yeah, if, we're bankrupt now. <laughs> we just don't have any money. I remember when he Podcasts did a, a free a free bet thing on Sleeper, and Terry got <laughs> yeah, one yard that. under what he needed for over, and he well, didn't, didn't win you, or whatever. He just lost first, it. Didn't you make the first line, but then you you bet it all again? And you lost. No, I made I made the first line. It was a parlay. I made the first line, and it was like Dalvin Cook oh, rushing yeah, yeah. over 100 yards, which I got. Yeah, that's what it was. That's the second nice. one was Terry McLaurin over 49 and a half yards, and he got like 49 yards. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. And I put the over. I was like, well, all right. <laughs> that, so, that is pretty bad. That's why, so, and that is why, and that's why we say. And, you know, this is why gambling is addictive and you can't lose a lot of money because you're like, oh, man, I was half yard away. Maybe I could do it this. Right. So we're doing this for fun. We usually bet imaginary dollars, but it is fun to look and see what we like. So Mm -hmm. anyways, that is my Matty B's bets for the MLB. Very good. You deserve an applause for me. I like that. Give him a real clap then. Like this. There we ah, go. Thank Golf you. Five. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I thought those were good. I think the Dimebacks are a good value. I think they're a little oh, slow on. I agree. That I, was a really good line for the Yeah, D-back. I think that's a great line. Yeah. And like, I know, like, and I'm sorry for all the listeners. I know we talk about the Dimebacks a lot just because I, big Dimebacks fan, they're doing well. But just like at the value and stuff, it feels like they're still not getting as respected as they should this late into the season because we're over halfway through the season. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're already over halfway. And it's still like, yeah, they've been the lead, but because the Dodgers kind of caught up, yeah, the the Dodgers are the favorite. It's like, oh man. So, anyways, we can now conclude. But anyways, thank you everyone for listening to Matty B's bets. Happy to be back. <laughs> awesome. It felt good. It felt like a good topic for you to, to do Matty yeah. B bets on. So, for sure. What can I say? I dabble. 
One last thing real quick, Sam, did you have any other second half MLB thoughts you wanted to share about anything? Just, I feel uh, like you only really talked about the Cardinals and that was it. So I don't yeah, know if there's anything you wanted pretty to say. Much, pretty much only the Cardinals. Like really, honestly, I haven't paid too much attention into the season just because the Cardinals have been so bad. <sighs> Usually year after year, I would pay, I would at least pay a little bit of attention because the Cardinals would always be somewhat in contention, but I hope, I mean, I hope all the, the young stars are going to keep up and do really good. Hopefully everyone stays healthy. I'm so really excited. I, I'm not biased or anything, but I really want to see the Orioles keep up and how well they're doing. I really love the young team up and coming. And for as long as I remember the Orioles, they were a garbage, like, like worst team in the league team. They did make the wild card in 2015. I believe and 2016, but recently they were garbage. So it's awesome to see them do good. Hopefully the Diamondbacks keep doing good too. It's awesome to see Corbin Carroll and the whole squad mm-hmm. good too. Yeah, hopefully it just ends up as a fun season. All right, sweet episode 23. A win is a win. Yes, Podcast. win is a win. Don't worry, I got you, Sam. <laughs> My, my, my bad, everyone. My bad, everyone. That's on yeah, me. Yeah, when you, you listen mad. back to it you and you mad. realize how you said it, because like you said, you didn't even realize you said it, you're going to be like, oh, no. Bro, I was just so confident. <laughs> I just like went into it. I was like, let's go. I nailed this intro. Like, this is my intro. And then you're like, uh. Yeah. And, our, like, what, you, and when what? you see us make a face, you go, wait, what? And then I know. we had I was to tell like, you. Yeah. Biggest dummy out here. But, you know, hey, it, wins it a win, happens. You know? That's all right. Yeah, one is a win. That's all right. Episode 23. We hope you guys enjoy. As Sam said. You can expect the movie Monday coming out next Monday. So yes. that'll be that'll be fun. We're not going to obviously say the movie. You guys will see it then. But make sure to follow us Spotify, Apple, YouTube, all that good stuff. You can watch or listen to this podcast on any of those platforms. And so, yeah, H-Double, Sam Cookie, Maddie B. We're heading out. Peace. A win is a win. Peace, everybody. Peace.